Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Now, verse 7 says, The first angel sounded. See, now, boy, he had made all his preparation in He was ready because verse, verse 7 says, The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire, mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. Now that's all that's said about the first trumpet. But my goodness, look what all is included there. Now, notice the earth was affected. In this, uh, only the earth. Uh, hail Hail can do a lot of damage. And uh, I don't know, it doesn't say how big this hail is. Uh, people have told stories, you know, from uh, from uh, Texas to, to Maine with reference to hail sizes of a, uh, this sort of a rock or baseball or golf ball and so forth and so on. And, and they undoubtedly been some large hail. And the Bible describes some large hail. Now, uh, then uh, the next thing that it says was a fire mingled with blood. I don't know. I don't know how to understand that. Uh, it's fire, uh, uh, but whatever it is, you ever mix it, uh, and then it says, and they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of the trees was burnt up. Whatever, whatever happened, there was uh, there was some bloodshed. Evidently, the earth, the third part of the trees was burnt up, and all the green grass was burnt up. Now, the allegorist, uh, from the Baptist, mostly are in this class, they tell you that the green trees, the trees are, are the giants among the Jews. And the ministers of God today, the trees were the great men, the leaders, the uh, elders, the, uh, and the green grass is a little common fellows. That's the laity. That's insignificant. Joe and Paul and John's out here. See, uh, but now, now that's that's what you call an olive. Uh, if, if I can say that, then I can. Uh, if I have the liberty to say that a tree here means a human being. And that the grass means a lesser, uh, a human being of lesser standing and accomplishments and, uh, and importance. Well, then, uh, I could make it, uh, uh to uh, limit it to a, a certain nationality, or I could only include the ones I wanted it to. Well, when you start, uh, making, uh, spiritualizing something, and saying that this now, the tree represents so-and-so, uh, well, uh, they also, uh, many that don't accept that idea, says that, that this represents false doctrine. 
and we are, and all of the down through the trumpets, uh, you will have that it represents false doctrine here and, and so forth. And of course, whatever whatever type of uh, uh, a theology one holds that still is an allegorist, he'll say, well, uh, false doctrine is if he's a primitive Baptist or salvation by grace man, he'll say, well, it's Arminianism. They bringing in Arminianism. Or some other, uh, if it's, uh, so if it's a battle over, uh, baptism, it's bringing in sprinkling, you see. Oh, there have been all sorts of arguments like that. Well, now, no wonder that the study of the Bible, when people, uh, teach that, see, the historical and preterist, uh, people that interpret the book of Revelation tell you this happened, it's already happened, it's, uh, that it took place, uh, before Jerusalem was destroyed, or it took place uh, during the Gauls or the Turks or the Sarsians or, or some of the other ancient enemies of uh, of Rome. And when we get over here, and we've already had it, when the, the bows are talking about the, uh, the rider on the horse, well, they said that represented the Parthians uh, who lived east of the uh, uh, Euphrates River. And there was a great horde of them. And it's true that at the time of Rome, when it was in the height of their power, they hadn't conquered this territory of Parthians. And they were, uh, they were uh, well equipped, uh, with horses and expert bowmen's. They could, uh, they could hit, uh, their targets, you know, and the world, and Rome feared them all right. And today you hear the, I don't know where you're, uh, ever heard, if you get around these, fellas, these skeet shooters and target, uh, where they shoot targets and so on, and you'll hear some wiseacre, whether he knows what he's saying or not, he'll say, boy, that was a Parthian shot. Now, what does he mean? That means, buddy, he hit it on the nail, you know, he, he was exact, he was accurate, but he's quoting uh, something that goes way back to the Assyrian day, before the Babylonians. Uh, before Nebuchadnezzar's day, when uh, when people did the Parthian shot, a man that could do that, he was he was up there on the front ranks. He was a, a real expert marksmanship. Well, uh, then uh, verse seven says that uh, that this now was poured upon the earth. The earth is the object of the first trumpet, the judgment that's poured out uh, in the first trumpet. And the third part of the trees was burned up. Now, <clears throat> this is affecting only the third part of the earth. And now, whether the third part of the trees means third part of the trees and all of the earth, or third part uh, of the trees of the affected part is still, I mean, it, of course, is subject to thought. But anyway, is the, it's not a total... Uh, judgment. In other words, the judgment does not completely cover the earth. It's uh, at least uh, only a third part of the earth at the most. Uh, and all the green grass was burnt up. Now you're going to run into a difficulty uh, by the skeptics in this verse. And a little later, you're going to uh, find about hurt not the gra- grass, you know. Uh, and so, well, now, how can he, how can the green grass, uh, burn up here when, uh, uh, here to four over here it says, uh, hurt not 
the earth, you know, and so on. All right, now the green, the, 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 uh, the thing involved is that under this judgment, only a third part hurt not uh, the earth. That is, this, uh, the, the part under uh, uh, that God is, uh, which receives God's judgment. And yet all of that uh, in that area is affected. And when we come to the other uh, reference, we'll, we'll note it. Then verse 8 uh, describes the second trumpet. And the second angel sounded, as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. Now he just, he blew on his trumpet, and then John sees something that all he can do is describe it like a mountain. And uh, and that it's burning, that it's on fire. And this mountain of fire, this great fiery ball, was cast into the sea. Now, when I was in Hawaii, I uh, went up as far as we could to this uh, uh, volcano over there. And boy, out of that volcano, boy, when, when it was when it was raging, someday it would be peaceful, you know. And boy, when it was on a rampant, well, that was a thing to see. Oh, they'd run excursions over there. And however bus that was available, people go over to see it cutting up. Well, now, all that volcano ever did was just spit out fire and rocks. And it rolled down that and rolled on down to the, to the sea, into the water. But that's not what, and, and a lot of people, the, uh, uh, the skeptic, the, the liberal, modern writer of interpreting Revelation tells you that, oh, that's nothing more than a, a picture of a volcano. What? An act of nature, what you see. But that's, this is an act of God. This is God intervening in the world. This is a cataclysmic act. This is a catastrophe, so to speak. It comes from God. It, it, it's affecting the, the third part. Of what? The sea. Now notice, the first seal had to do with the earth. The second seal only affects the sea. This mountain this, uh, doesn't affect the earth whatsoever. It says, The angel sounded, as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. Now, this is in Exodus 7.20 and, and 7.21, why the river Nile was turned to blood. Now, people say, oh, well, this is not going to be blood. This is not, that's not going to be blood. That, that means that uh, a corruption of doctrine. See? That means evil intermingling with truth and so forth. Or... Uh, if a man can believe, I want to ask him if he believes Exodus. Man, when a man tells me that, do you really believe that God turned the water of the Nile into blood? And well, uh, and see what he says. If he says if he says he does, well then why can't he believe that this third part of the sea would be turned to blood? There's a lot of that right there described. In part, what they've done on it. Right. Now, Exodus uh, chapter 7 through chapter 10 
I mean, uh, actually, you need to get a, a reread that occasionally and refresh your mind on the judgments uh, that uh, God brought to bear, and 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 why and how. Now, a lot of people, the Armenian tells us that uh, that God never did harden Pharaoh until Pharaoh hardened himself. Well, now Pharaoh, to begin with, was a hardened man. Uh, it wasn't God's object to turning Pharaoh into a child of God. That wasn't the object of the plagues in Egypt. That's not the object of the plagues here. Because you go, we're going to find in just a moment that the uh, upon whom and why uh, the plagues are sent. But uh, now he says... Uh, in verse 9, now notice in uh, the second trumpet and the third trumpet and the fourth trumpet have two verses devoted to the uh, the next three trumpets. The first trumpet only had one verse. Only one verse describes it. And with verse 9 says, And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. Now, uh, you see, it only had to do with uh, the sea, uh, the things that was in it. Uh, the fish died. Now, the ships were destroyed, the third part. That makes it real, don't it? Now, brother, that's going to... Uh, uh, you just think about the ships on the ocean. Does it actually mean that? Well, if it doesn't mean that, then anybody's guess, he could say, well, well that means uh, uh, so-and-so's canoe, see, uh, and make it any time in history, refer to any uh, judgment that he wanted to, if he has that right. But now, verse 10 uh, tells us that the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers, and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Now, the third trumpet affects rivers, spring water, fresh water. The second trumpet affected the seas. Now, in uh, whatever time, whenever this effect, or whenever there was a shortage of water, drinking water, well, there was very easy for for the opponent, for the enemy, to conquer any other enemy. Two two uh, countries fighting one another, and if they didn't have water for their horses in ancient time, or waters to drink, well, they, they didn't last long. All right, now then, here's a time coming when not only a third part of the earth now is going to be affected, it's already affected. third part of the sea has been affected. Now then, a third part of the rivers. Uh, and it's coming from heaven. 
See, this, this judgment, the trouble don't originate uh, from below that causes the judgment. The judgment is of heaven, of God. It's pouring out. It's coming down from heaven that, that causes, uh, uh, that inflicts the judgment. Oh, this great uh, star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. You see, that's your fresh, that's your fresh water. That's your drinking water. Uh, verse 11, and the name of the star is called Wormwood. Well, Wormwood, wormwood means bitter. Now, uh, in, in the Bible, uh, we, it's only, uh, the, it never killed anybody, but it, it it's not poisonous, but it's certainly, it, it's certainly bitter. Uh, that is, as far as the, uh, the, the poison itself. But now notice that many men died of the waters, uh, because they were made bitter. Now, <clears throat> that's the result of, of the act of God. The water didn't, uh, it didn't come forth bitter. There's not a man that could, uh, could pollute it. Not the third of it. Uh, of course, in, in judgment, man, uh, uh, we, we've invented all sorts of things that they say that they can, you know, put in there and they can pollute this, pollute there, and, and kill us that way and so on. But now this is an act of God. A man could do a lot of things. He could, uh, he certainly can contaminate the streams, you know, uh, at the so wherever you control it. But now, uh, so, and men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Exodus, now, you, you find in Jeremiah 9, 15, in Jeremiah 23, 15, uh, you read about, uh, worm, uh, uh, this wormwood, uh, about bitter waters, and that God, and always it was God bringing men to talk, uh, in judgment, uh, to bitter waters and over his sins. And the fourth, verse 12, says, and then this is Exodus 10, 21, you have uh, uh, a similarity of the uh, judgments in Egypt. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. And the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. Now there's five times, one, two, three, four, five times in that verse, the word third part occurs, see? Now, third part of the sun, I don't know uh, what a all be involved. I know that there has always uh, and uh, the climax of God's judgments as given in the Bible, as the Lord Himself said in the twenty-fourth chapter of uh, of uh, Matthew, thirteenth chapter Mark. We have uh, His description about the day. They want to know what are the signs of Thy coming. When are You going to come back? Uh, what shall be the sign of Thy coming? And he points to the signs and the stars and the sun and the moon. 
Now here, uh, the third part of the sun was smitten, the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So that, so as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. Well, now, if a, a day, twelve hours, that's four hours of the day, four hours of the night. That's eight hours out of twenty-four period that, which will be affected by by this uh, by this judgment, and of the sun, also of the likewise of the moon and of the stars. And so, uh, and verse thirteen says, and I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven. saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. Now, the word angel here is, uh, if you have a note there, it, it, it'll have it, uh, eagle. Have you, I don't know where your Bible has that notice or not, but in all of the uh, in most of the uh, Bibles with uh, center references, they they give you this uh, correction of the word. And I beheld and heard an eagle flying through the midst of heaven. Now, uh, in the middle, they say this is the horizon. This is a uh, this is the uh, uh, place where the sun at the, at its meridian height where it can be seen uh, at all times. That's the path of the eagle. And they say that, uh, uh, tell us that this will give worldwide recognition, you know. But anyway, the Lord says, uh, they tell us, uh, a lot of them say, well, now that's not a real eagle. Well, God took a raven one time and, uh, and used a raven uh, to feed Elijah, didn't he? And that raven carried meat and bread. Now, he, lo- he lived on meat. That's what the ravens eat. And if, and if God, in this age of mankind, when God could take a, a raven and, and dir- so direct that raven and feed him, I don't know how long he was there. He was there a considerable time. Until the brook dried up. Now then, here God can, uh, by an eagle, proclaim His message, and uh, and that's what He's that's what He's doing here, saying with a loud voice, "Woe, woe, woe, to the inhabitants of the earth, by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound." Now that verse seems a little uh, jumbled with our English. What it means is that what it's saying is that there's three other trumpets are going to sound. And when these three trumpets sound, there's going to be a woe connected uh, with them. See? Uh, With each of the following. Now we've, uh, so far we've Considered four trumpets, 
He refers four trumpets. Each of these four trumpets has to do with nature. The, the result of God's judgment is upon the sea, upon the earth, upon the rivers, and upon the sun, the moon, the stars, atmospheric heavens. The very thing that Peter tells us is going to, to melt with fervent heat and burn up, and that there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, in which there's no more sea, John tells us. Adds to it. And I believe that, just as Peter says it, that it, that it has to do with the earth, that it has to do with the atmospheric heavens, that it has to do with the sun, the moon, the star. And he tells us that, uh, in that day, in the eternal age, we'll need no more the sun, for, uh, for Christ himself will be the light thereof. Alright? Uh, he says, uh, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Now, that is an expression, uh, it's not, you can recognize that there's a difference between that expression than, uh, uh, verse 3 of chapter 7, where he says, uh, saying, hurt not the earth, neither sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. In other words, uh, God's people uh, are going to be living upon the earth during this period of time. And uh, just as in chapter 7, uh, survival, if there's anything at all in the assurance that God gave when he said, wait a minute, to the angels uh, that was on the four corners of the earth, holding the winds back, keeping the winds, bringing the judgment. Uh, now, there's a pro- there's a, a, a warning that, that the earth is going to, uh, the, this, the angels are going to let loose their judgment. But before that, there's some sealing to be done. That's, that's assurance. All right, now, it's one thing, despite the fact that these people were sealed, despite the fact that they will be uh, assured that they will live to see uh, God when he will wipe away all tears from their eyes, see, so to speak, to the eternal age, age of bliss. Despite that, even though these three things, the people on earth will be, uh, will be conscious of and will be assured of, Yet, even going through it, surviving all of this, is going to be quite an ordeal. I mean, that's a great, there'll be, uh, there'll be, uh, persecution, and there'll be much, uh, uh, hardships, tribulation involved in that, even to God's people. But, God is not going to pour out His wrath upon them, see? Just like the children of Israel down in Egypt. Why well, they made they had all sorts of uh, uh, bloody rivers there for the for the Egyptians, and they had uh, all sorts of uh, uh, locusts, insects, flies. But there wasn't a fly buzzing around a chocolate cake of the Jews. But the Egyptians, all they had was raisins, 
in their white meringue instead of being raisins it was something else. Well, now that's what the Bible says. I believe that. And I believe that that day is coming, that there'll be a greater day even. Yet, certainly there was hardships involved on it. Getting out there and killing that lamb, you know, and taking it and getting inside that door, just staying shut up. Don't get out. Well, now that was different from ordinary living, isn't it? So, uh, God has given us in history some warnings, some preparations uh, to uh, uh, if we're in the tribulation period, people. Somebody's going to be the people that live just prior to the coming of Christ. And uh, I'd lot rather be warned of this. I'd like I'd lot rather know something about the book of Revelation now. Of course, I, I think a lot of people don't know a lot about it then. And we might know a lot more, uh, and a lot of things we might uh, think we know now, we might not know then. Um, but this idea of, uh, of disbelieving, we certainly can believe what God says here. And then what we don't, uh, uh, what we, when he says there's silence there, the man that tries to tell me what that silence is, well, I ain't got, I, I won't listen to him long, you see. And uh, same way we'll we'll run into these seven thunders over here. Seven angels sounded seven thunders. And John boy John had his pen and his book paper, whatever he had, he was beginning to write it down. He knew all about them thunders. It wasn't that he didn't know what happened. God says, Hold on there. Don't write it. And brother, he didn't write. Now then, for a man to come along and tell me, well, now I know what he wrote when God didn't, when John didn't even write it. And you can find book after book telling you what, what's it, what those seven thunders mean. You can buy books titled The Seven Thunders of Revelation. And John only is the only person that knew anything about it. And he, uh, God said, seal it up. In other words, don't write. Now, uh, that, that's the, uh, that kind of man is going to have a rude awakening, I think. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.